if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. It's the Fantasy Bible. It's your host, Nate Binder. Here with me today, as always, is my good buddy, Dane. Dane, out of the woods, out of the mountains. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling great. I'm trying to still get my land legs under me. I mean, I'm so sore. I'm sure you are as well. Hobbling around at work today, but made it happen. Was productive. Nobody noticed that I had spent way too long in the woods, disheveled and disparaged by the wilderness, the nature, the elements, etc. Uh, Dane and I had a harrowing experience. I think it was probably a little over 48 hours, but it felt like 480 hours Yeah, <laughs> uh, in the Colorado wilderness of North Georgia. It was, uh, it was a good time. There was, there were some good experiences, but there was also uh, a little desperation, uh, and you know, some, some hitchhiking that had to occur, but all in all, uh, it was a good experience and we've come to you uh years older and wiser than we were last week i would say yeah my life experiences have multiplied uh tremendously since that moment we began all right so today we're going to get into our top 10 players overall in half ppr for the first time this season redraft that's right it's a redraft episode everybody i know you're sick of the dynasty content you're sick of us talking about rookies and trades that you can make on your dynasty teams you want to know about this upcoming season you want to get juiced up for uh who who you're going to draft and so we're going to talk about it yeah i'm excited because i love just like talking about ranking players who you got above the other guy and eventually this will lead into mock draft season and that's where i thrive i've done probably 300 mock drafts last season um not nearly as many yet this season, but it's going to be about 300 by the time we draft. <laughs> and I have not done a single mock draft so that uh, we'll, we'll show you the perspectives that we're both bringing into this episode. I, I kind of, for this top 10, I really just went straight off the dome. And then I realized afterwards that these players fit perfectly into tiers. So I'm excited to talk about that. But before we do, Dan, can you tell the good people where to find us on social media and the internet? You can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we have a new website, thefantasybible.substack.com. We're promoting uh, our articles that we're putting up there. We're throwing them on the Dynasty Fantasy subreddit. And eventually, uh, we will probably do the same for the Fantasy Football subreddit. A lot of good stuff going on there. Talk about James Cook. Talk about Jameson Williams. Talk about uh, the other article you did, Nathan, earlier than that. I forget what it was. Uh, I think there was a Dynasty Sleepers article. um, And then coming out soon will be an article on uh, Dynasty trades that you can make, which will be um, 
sort of a summary of last week's episode if you didn't get a chance to listen to it or if you just want to reread those uh, discussions over on paper. And then uh, I'll probably be writing up this top 10 as well, especially given the sort of tiers. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can tune into that and probably see a little a uh, bit more different research, different perspectives that go into the written work than what we discuss here on the show. So that's going to be fun stuff. Uh, before we get into our rankings, though, Dane, it looks uh, like we have a mystery question. We do. And I'm going to do something a little unorthodox. I'm going to pocket the mystery question for later in the episode where it'll make more sense because I don't want to kind of bury the okay. lead and get into a certain discussion while we're going through our top 10. It kind of ties into the intro, the preamble, and the top 10 list we create here. Okay, never before seen. Dane is pocketing the mystery question. I guess we're introducing new uh, game rules uh, to this <laughs> podcast. And now the mystery question has been pocketed. You get one pocket per episode, uh, which makes sense is there's generally only one mystery question per episode. Um, so it's kind of a silly rule, but we're, we're, it's now inscribed forever in fantasy Bible uh, history. Okay. So here's how we're going to do this. Dane and I have not discussed this ahead of time. We don't know who are number one, number two, number three, number four, <laughs> number five. <laughs> all the way through 10. All the way through 10. Uh, yeah. We don't know who any of these guys are. So we're going to alternate uh, and we're going to discuss, uh, you know, where do we agree? Where do we disagree? And uh, get, get into an early look at our top 10 players, the players you'll be taking in the first round of Dynasty Drafts come July redraft. or September. Uh, yes, fan, fantasy redrafts. Yes. Yes, or, not or dynasty. I, I don't know Today is redraft. We've been doing too much of dynasty. Today is redraft. Yes. It's all good. Redraft, redraft, redraft. Okay. Let's get into uh, tier one. I, I call this tier, well, for me, tier one, elite production, elite youth, elite opportunity. There's mm. only one player in this tier. It is mm. my number one player. It is your number one player. Say it together, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. There we yes. go. I knew you wouldn't be in agreement with this because it would be silly not to have Jonathan Taylor. I mean, he was amazing last year. He's walking into a situation where the offense is very stable, except it's getting most likely an upgrade, a quarterback who can apparently uh, put it wherever he likes, according mm. to uh, Michael Pittman. So that should be fun for fans to watch. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor um he he's young um he can catch the ball what more could you want he's he's a, a lock for the one number one overall especially obviously with the scarcity of the running back position completely agree and it's important to acknowledge your mistakes as a program last year we were down on jonathan taylor as a whole and we were wrong and that's okay because we learned from it and we are looking at the current situation jonathan taylor is clearly the one-on-one don't overthink it don't get cute he's the one-on-one all right, moving on from Jonathan Taylor, we can get here uh, into, I won't announce my next tier because it kind of gives away what who who is in it. So why don't okay. you go with your number two player first? You're going to hate it. It's Christian McCaffrey, dude. When he's uh, healthy, he scores the most points per game by any by of any running back that's, that's playing the game. And unfortunately, everyone's going to be down on him. Everyone who who had him in their league at least because yeah, he left you hanging. He was injured. You were strung along, carried on a stick. Matt rule was saying he's coming back week to week for six to eight weeks. It was like that. He never came back. He did come back, pulled his hamstring again or something like that. I can't remember. Cause he had like three separate injuries that kept him off the field. But when he is healthy, he scores the most points per game of any running back. And that's it. That's all it's don't over, don't overcomplicate it. 
any of these running backs will get hurt. Um, I don't think he scored the most points per game of any running back last season. It might have been Derrick Henry, but he only, uh, he only had two touchdowns. But he the games he didn't have a touchdown, he had like twenty five points per uh, points in half PPR though. Okay, well here's the thing: Christian McCaffrey uh, does not have a capable quarterback on his roster. Uh, Christian McCaffrey has spent the last two years not playing football for the most part. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is another year older um, and injuries take their toll on the running back position more than any other position. So uh, that's a no for me on Christian McCaffrey. We will get to him mm. much later in mm, this Much list. later. Okay. Um, um, here's how we're doing this. Tier two, high end wide receivers you can't go wrong with. Um, there are three players in my tier two. You can have them in any order you like them. But for me, the number two player is Jamar Chase. Wow. All right. That's bold. I thought you were leading into Cooper Cup selection there. But uh, wow. Jamar Chase. So make the case for me, Jamar Chase over Cooper Cup. So the, the case for me of Jamar Chase over Cooper Cup is that Cooper Cup is a little bit older. He's been a little bit more injury prone in the past. Uh, Matt, he's also playing with a, a quarterback that's a little bit older. Um, I just think there's more risk that things could go wrong here. But again, I say this is a tier. You can take these guys in any okay. order that you would like them. Why I have Jamar Chase at number two personally is uh, one, the hype factor that, that Cincinnati office is coming off the Super Bowl. Just an f- incredibly fun guy to watch, uh, a true dominant high end player. Uh, dynamic skill set type of player not that cooper cup isn't that but uh, there's a little more high-end athleticism there with jamar chase and then also uh you know joe burrow high high passing yardage output not that uh stafford doesn't but stafford had some dark moments last year where he just like was throwing picks at bad times and there was fears that all of this was going to fall apart for the rams um and of course it didn't they ended up winning the super bowl over the aforementioned Bengals. but um i i just kind of prefer the what i see is like a elite wide receiver trait profile for Jamar Chase heading into his sophomore season. There's also like these wide receivers, there's most there's more variance in the wide receiver position, the top five of wide receivers in fantasy than any other position in football. So you're not betting on the player that you think is most likely to repeat. You're betting on the player you think is most likely to finish at the top of the league. And for me, that's Jamar Chase going into year two. All right. Yeah, I certainly agree that the top three could be taken in any order. And I I expect by the end of this top five that we will have established a consensus top three receivers. We'll see. But um, yeah, that's interesting. I all right. You made a good case there. Um, So we're moving on to pick number three then. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to get into the fact that two through four here are all wide receivers. This is a kind of a shift here from the fantasy Bible years uh, path of, of, of. of years past, but uh, by taking a wide receiver, you're kind of maximizing your chance of getting a high scoring player with a limited injury profile. There's more consistency and more usage in the position in today's NFL. And I think last year we really saw a shift where like the top 10 wide receivers outscored the top 10 running backs by like 115 cumulative points. And that's because running back committees 
and uh, what's the word versatility at the position, getting guys that can do different things and mixing them in and giving different looks with different players is becoming more and more popular. The idea of a workhorse running back is becoming more and more rare, not just because of team philosophies, but because where the money has shifted in the league, Mm -hmm. wide receivers are getting paid. So young kids that are, used to grow up with Barry Sanders are now growing up with Jamar Chase and they want to be wide receivers. And there's a glut we've seen in the draft, the talent at the position year over year over year. So I think this is uh, to me, maybe getting ahead of a potential trend in the NFL or reading a current trend in the NFL by prioritizing wide receiver early on in your draft and maybe collecting some of the running backs that have fallen down in favor, but can still produce on your team. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think we are currently in the middle of the fantasy football culture transition of valuing wide receivers more than we ever have in the past. And for that reason, I also have more wide receivers in my top 10 than I have ever looked at in the past. So I'll segue directly into my number three, Cooper Cup. I mean, we saw what he did last year. I don't expect him to repeat with such uh, blazing efficiency. I mean, he just, uh, the triple crown he had, leading the league in receptions and uh, yardage and touchdowns is absolutely insane. So that's not going to happen again. But as far as betting on probabilities, I think given his situation is the same, more or less, they added Allen Robinson and don't have Robert Woods, but uh, OBJ is up in the air, whether he comes back. Uh, But regardless, Matt Stafford's still there. They had a deep connection. They're still eating breakfast together. I think he has some of the best probability to hit that number one again. And at the very least, he's not going to fall out of the top 10 in my mind. That's just not possible. Yeah, I have Cooper Cup in the the exact same spot. Um, It was Mm -hmm. really tough for me because there's another player that I almost put over him. But I I said, no, like even with like the fact that Cooper Cup has had injury issues and even with the fact that he's been uh, not with Matthew Stafford, but streaky in the past where he had that short stretch of being the highest uh, scoring wide receiver in fantasy and then kind of fell off in the latter half of the season. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, we've kind of seen this with Cooper Cup, but no, like just the amount of targets, the amount of receptions. There is some fear to me that um, NFL defenses, like as an NFL defense, you know, you install what you're going to do in the off season and training camp and OTAs and all this kind of stuff, you head into it. And then you have time throughout the year, especially during the buy to tweak things here and there. But for the most part, your defense is what it is. And the film you're studying is what it is. And there's only so much time to do so much new. So obviously by the end of the season, teams still couldn't stop Cooper cup, but with mm-hmm. a whole off season to prepare to stop Cooper cup, that we might see something new. We might see more uh, too high looks against him specifically. So I don't know. It, it, it could be interesting. There might be ways that they try and limit him. But still, for me, yeah, uh, I have him at number three overall in this tier two. Excellent. So consensus there, Cooper Cup number three overall. Excellent choice there. Um, number four, I think I know who you led into there, but why don't you go ahead and say his name? Uh, no, I want to know if you can predict who it is. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's absolutely Justin yeah. Jefferson. So there, there are a lot of minds that think Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL. I know the people in Minnesota certainly think that. They think oh, yeah. that they've, he's barely untapped his potential over there. And again, similar to Cooper Cup, 
you're getting a quarterback that puts up the numbers, even if it's in garbage time, even if it's never to win a game ending drive, <laughs> Kirk cousins puts up 30 touchdowns, 30 plus touchdowns, 4,500 yards, maybe even more in uh, uh, his first uh, offensive minded head coach in quite some time in Minnesota. So I'm really excited to see what this offense can do this year, at least in terms of statistical help. But for fantasy, um, they signed Cousins to that extension. That means they want to work with him. They want to make him happen. And uh, yeah, Justin Jefferson going into year three, to me, I think is a lock for a top three receiver. So I have him at number uh, four only because of what Cooper Cup did last year. But yeah, I love, love me some Justin Jefferson. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Yeah, he's got... Second in yardage last year. I mean, uh, all in the top five for every stat that you want at a wide receiver last year. And we saw what he did his rookie season. It's unparalleled until Jamar Chase came into the league. So I I don't uh, have any quarrel with your rankings there of those guys. By the way, great podcasting, Nate, having your phone on loud. <laughs> oh, did you hear that? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was so, so loud I both thought times. that was only in my ear. Oh, no. It's it's uh, it's probably louder than I am. But uh, anyways, <laughs> we'll, we'll button that up, folks. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what I was getting texted about. Uh, my trade? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. No, 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 Should no. I not name drop? <laughs> no, no name dropping. Uh, no, just someone that was uh, no, actually nothing. <laughs> uh, I was, it's like just personal stuff that. Uh, so why lead me into that? Man? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, my number four. Are you? You did your number four, just yeah, 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 yeah. All right. No, nothing shocking here. Um, Derrick Henry, when he's healthy, he's the best runner in the league. And I'm not going to bet that he's going to get injured again. He was able to come back when Tennessee made a playoff run. Um, he, he didn't quite look as good, but I'm not I'm not holding that against him because he tried to come back early from a midfoot injury. And that was just to help his team push through the playoffs. So I'm not worried about that going into next season. Sure, there's a risk. He's getting older. He's going to fall off at some point. But I bet against Derrick Henry the last two years, and it did not pay off for me. So... I'm all like with me ranking CMC at number two, I'm not factoring in quote unquote injury prone into these rankings so much because any of these running backs can get hurt on any given week. And that's not how I want to live my life. I want to look at what they are and what their upside is. And both those guys have huge ceilings. Um, I think the, the Tennessee offense is going to take a significant step back this year. I think you're not going to have AJ Brown to convert some of the opportunities when they do get into third okay. and long. And I think that Derrick Henry overall, um, given his age, given the drafting of Hassan Haskins, a very similar power back profile. Fifth um, round guy. Just has a cap, like a ceiling capital. Uh, or, maybe. Uh, maybe we'll cap. see a, tr- maybe we'll see a transition like halfway through the year, but I think. No, I don't think they're going to transition. I just think like, I just think that he's going to be like not used in every high leverage situation like he used to be. That's what like, I, I don't mean think by he's going to get every single. I mean, not necessarily transition, but just like every goal line touch isn't going to go to Henry, partially oh, because see, he's I the most talented player on the team, and they're going to want to spare him. No, 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 dude. Because look at what happened. He got injured. They. This is a player that they want for the playoffs. This isn't a player that they're going to give 
a million touches to in the first half of the season, um, especially if they find ways to win games with giving him limited touches. But I think overall, especially if they find out they're not a playoff team this year, they're going to spell him even more to make sure he can play throughout the duration of his contract. And that's why they drafted Hassan Haskins specifically. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, you might be right. I'm kind of the other school of thought there because, I mean, I think they're trading away their playoff hopes um, mo- or most of the most of their hopes anyway with trading away A.J. Brown. They drafted a new quarterback. Like you said, they drafted a fifth round running back. So I think they're looking to the future, but that doesn't mean they're going to uh, hand Henry's workload to the next guy up just because I think if anything, they'll rely more on Derrick Henry to be competitive in games. I don't think they want to lose games. Rabel's very competitive. He's been great as a coach so far for the team. He won a lot of games he shouldn't have last year as a coach. And part of that was because Derrick Henry's on the roster. So I don't know. We'll see, but there's a certainly risk. So uh, as well as CMC at my number two spot, but uh, the the ceiling is, I think, worth the risk. Yeah, um, fair enough. Okay, well, here we're entering into tier my tier three here, which is uh, exciting running backs with limited wear and tear. Uh, mm. And I have uh, Austin Eckler here at the number five spot. Uh, I know we talked about Austin Eckler a little less week i think in our dynasty trades episode um but uh despite austin eckler's age he's had such limited usage throughout his career that uh he does ultimately have fewer snaps than a lot of players his age and then i also think he's a on an incredibly exciting offense with a high ceiling he also this is half ppr he's a player that always is consistently used in the receiving game. Um, So for me, uh, it has a lot to do with the fact that I expect the Chargers to finally take the leap this year where they're going to be a top five offense in the NFL. And a top five offense in the NFL is going to need a top five running back like Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, I believe, what did he finish as last year? Was it running back two? Yeah. So I think it's not crazy here to have him as my RB2 overall on this list. Yeah, I, I certainly understand what you're saying. I'm, again, kind of the other school of thought. I think they'll start to limit him because they believe that they are going to make the playoffs. They want him healthy for the playoffs. And he's been a guy who, with the limited workload he gets, like you're saying, he doesn't have the most touches on his body. But he's, he's still, dynamic without it. Like It's the opposite no, for Derek Henry, who's a volume guy. Of course. I agree with his efficiency outlook. He's very great every time he touches the ball. And I'm I'm ecstatic they used him at the goal line so much last year. It, it proved fruitful, you know. They He scored 12 touchdowns on the ground. That's uh, probably triple what he's done in his career. But I, I think they're going to look to manage his health throughout the season so that they can ensure he's healthy for a playoff push because they know they're a playoff team now. And um, they just know they don't want to expend him, kind of like what you're saying about Derrick Henry. Uh, same kind of mindset there, but I think uh, I think the Chargers are a top five NFL offense this year. So I'm uh, super excited to watch them and Eckler especially. But I do think they'll give him a little less hard line, hard nose work down the middle. So uh, I, I, I mean, I think there's truth to that, especially with the drafting of Isaiah Spiller, who is a, yeah. a, you know a player whose profile uh, lends itself more to goal line work than Austin Eckler's. But I still think the usage of Austin Eckler's the receiving usage, the, the receiving usage catch, is still great. Yeah. Is going to give you a, a player that you, you you can trust has an extremely high floor in a, in a potent offense. Uh, are we at number five for you as well? 
Yes, number five for me. Um, I did give it some thought. It is not Austin Eckler, though, for me. It is Joe Mixon, just because okay. I believe he has more of a stranglehold on that three-down workload. They you know, they drafted a rookie last year, Chris Evans. Uh, he performed okay. He stepped up to the plate when he needed to, but he's. I don't think he's anything special. So I don't believe Joe Mixon has anything um, you know, really nipping at his heels there. And he proves that... When he's healthy, like we thought, if he can stay healthy and continue to get the opportunity, uh, three down opportunity, he's a great running back. Uh, he's a big reason they made that playoff push to get to the Super Bowl. He did a great job in the playoffs and as well as during the season. Uh, he was number th- running back three on the season, um, 1,200 yards, huge workload, uh, 292 touches. That's third, I believe, behind Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris. So, I mean, they're relying on him to be the running game, and he does get some pass-catching work, um, 50 targets last year about. So, you know, nothing like top of the bracket, but it's enough to keep him relevant, especially in half PPR. Full PPR, he might drop down a little bit, but uh, I I like him here. I think he's got a lot of opportunity. Like you were excited about um, Jamar Chase being on the Bengals offense. I'm excited because Joe Mixon is the guy in the backfield there. He is the run game for one of the best offenses in the league. Very young offense as well. Yeah, so fantasy is funny because last year, like, I drafted Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was the best player probably on my team because Christian McCaffrey was injured so much. He... Joe Mixon uh, was finally the Joe Mixon that he was has been yeah. overdrafted to be. And still, <laughs> I put Austin Eckler over him because I was like, nah, Joe, Joe Mixon is a mirage, man. Like, <laughs> not going to happen for Joe Mixon. Two years in a row, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I mean, Joe Mixon is my number six player here. I think it just has to a little bit to do with sometimes I lean towards the players of like the high floor receiving ceiling work yeah. uh, or and stuff like that and or just uh sometimes it can come down to the uniform you know so <laughs> to me it was like very close between Eckler and Mixon um and to me yeah it, it's a tier it's tier three so you could almost have it in any order but I, I yeah I just had him a smidge over Mixon but I basically agree with everything you said and that's the mirror argument for what I was going to say. Austin Eckler is my number six. So we have those flip-flopped five and six there. It's not far apart at all. I just view Mixon's workload to be more uh, more significant or at least more assured in my mind going into this next year than I do Eckler's. But yeah, I don't hate the argument you made at, at all either. And Ultimately, on draft day, if I was number five and Joe Mixon and Eckler were on the board, I'd have to have a long thought (laughs) about who I want because I love both those players. So, yeah, fair. All right. So I'm curious to see. This is another situation where we could have the numbers or the same player here at number seven overall. Um, So let's let's say at the same time just to see if we do. I know it's not, but let's do it. uh, One, two, three. Jamar Chase Harris oh oh yeah because I already had Jamar Chase yeah yeah so I'll I'll just chime in on Jamar Chase real quick because you talked about him in great length and I firmly agree he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL even though he only had one year in the NFL so far um my only issue with him is volume might not be there they use him deep so much that if he doesn't hit those 60 yard miracle catches up the sideline for massive yardage, massive game breaking plays, if it doesn't break that way a couple times, then he loses a, a bit of his value. Cause 
he's the guy who takes the top off the defense. He's not the guy working underneath like Tyler Boyd or they had CJ Uzama doing uh, T Higgins running some more intermediate and some deep routes as well. Um, so he's got a lot of competition in the receiving room. I just don't think the volume is as guaranteed with Jamar Chase. So that's why he fell to number eight overall for me. Um, but I, I don't hate him at all. I love him as a player. He's, he's one of the most number exciting. seven. Oh, sorry. Number seven overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most exciting players to watch. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, and I, you saw how high I had him, but so love, love me some Jamar Chase. Um, yeah, I had Najee Harrison. I'm looking, I didn't even realize, but my running back ranking is well, not, not at least for the first four, the exact same as the first four, uh, running back, uh, scoring leaders from last year. <laughs> um, so oh. yeah. So Najee Harris last year's RB four, um, actually that's standard. Let me make sure that's still true in half. It yep, is still true yeah. in half. Um, so yeah, I, I think the big knock right now on Nashi Harris is that the Steelers uh, offense is going to be terrible. And I'm like, but what's new? You know, the Steelers offense mm-hmm. was terrible last year. I think they're actually going to be better with some combination of Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky, a player that can actually extend drives with mobility. Like, you know, I know he's not the high end passer that, uh, Roethlisberger was in the prime of his career, but he's a player that can be way more effective at this point than Roethlisberger was last year. So I think this offense overall is going to have a higher ceiling. We saw uh, Harris answer the question of whether he could do work in the receiving game. He definitely could. Now the question is, uh, the big question really is, okay, he got a lot of receiving work because Big Ben was terrified to get hit. So he was getting the ball out in like, you know, a millisecond. And a lot of those checkdowns were going to Najee Harris. Is that going to be the same for an offense that's maybe looking for more big plays, more downfield shots? Uh, maybe so, maybe not. I still think Harris has the talent and is one of the most talented players on the team. A first-round capital is spent on him that he's going to be a premier, uh, premier rather, part mm-hmm. of, <laughs> of this offense. A premier part in his prime years. There yeah, you go. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Look, look, I just came out of the woods. It's been a long, <laughs> long, long couple of days. But uh, yeah, Najee Harris is who I have at this spot. Yeah, I don't disagree there at all. I certainly will not see the same target the rate that he did. He had 19 targets in one game last year, and that is unfathomable. Yeah, that was a, that was ridiculous. I remember that now. My yeah. Lord. Um yeah, so he's going to take a slight uh, fall in my rankings because of that, but uh, and and the offense not being as efficient overall, despite Big Ben not being the good Big Ben of past years, um, he's ultimately a decent decision maker. He's going to be Hall of Fame quarterback, so he knew the best thing that he was capable of was to dump the ball to Najee Harris. Is the next quarterback on the Steelers going to do the same? I don't think so. Uh, he's definitely not going to get the reception totals he did, so. Uh, with that, I guess we'll go to pick eight. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Another guy you've mentioned previously, Justin Jefferson here. I mean, he's, he's, he's the guy I would take potentially over Jamar chase, but I'm also kind of wondering if Jamar chase does increase his workload, develops more route tree. Uh, I think that's more routes industry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. remember he hadn't played football. Like he took an entire year off football right. before he did what he did last year. Yeah, and then we had the whole I can't catch an NFL football because it ha- doesn't have stripes and it's a yeah. little bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think um, we will see Jamar Chase's talent supersede Justin Jefferson slightly. 
but um, not by a whole lot. So Justin Jefferson here at number eight, I could, I could take him over Jamar Chase and feel fine about it, but uh, he, he's great. He's one of the best of this next uh, upcoming young wide receiver uh, era. So that's it. Nice. All right. Uh, I have here, uh, we're entering my next tier, tier four, the 27 club, um, mm. which is uh, running backs who are hitting their age ceiling, uh, but have been incredibly productive in years past so much so that you can't, pass up on them if they followed you in the first round, but that I wouldn't prioritize taking them. And the leader of the 27 club, even though he'll actually be 26, but uh, apparently has glass bones. He, he's 27 in terms of injuries that have added <laughs> on to wear and tear throughout his career is uh, Christian McCaffrey. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, yeah. I, I certainly can't get behind him falling this low just based on we know his ceiling. We know his role in that offense, the same coaching staff, the same running backs in the room as last year. Essentially they drafted a late round rookie, but he's not going to bump Christian McCaffrey out of his role. But, you know, um, I respect that you, you had him last year in a league and he burned you. I get it. I yeah. Get to it. me, I, I fully invest in the uh, emotional quotient of fantasy football. And so a lot of my rankings are based on like, if you take this guy and he busts, how are you going to feel? If I take Jonathan Taylor or Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson and something happens and they bust, it's like, okay, that's, you know, nothing. You okay. can't go wrong. But if you take Christian McCaffrey and he gets injured, well, fool me three times, man. <laughs> that's shame on me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Fool me so, three times, shame on me. Yeah. I'm a, yeah, I'm just, you know, I fully agree with the talent ceiling stuff. This is based on, who do I like before there? Like, you know, who's to say if I'm fifth overall and McCaffrey falls to me, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is the value here is too good. And I don't take him. But right now at this point, uh, there is still a, a weariness and a paranoia for me around these players who's aging, who I don't even if we, we've really talked about the fact that the Panthers are, are going to be one of the worst teams in the year, in the, in the, the league in the, this year. The, the, the football. Yeah, in the league this year. The worst doing football, the football. They're going to be bad at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. They're bottom so, five. Yeah. So now McCaffrey has had no trouble producing and bad Panthers teams before. Right. But, uh, you know, if he is, you know, all the things I've said about, you know, the, the injuries adding up or. Well, let me say um, this. If he is healthy for 16 games, assume every running back is healthy for 16 or sorry, 17 games. My bad. Living in 2020. Um, assume every running back is healthy for all 17 games. Where does Christian McCaffrey finish as, on the running back tier list? He's probably at least RB four, RB three. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's why he's at number two for me because we've seen it. That's that's all. So all right, as long as you can agree to that, then I have no disrespect for your ranking. Yeah. Um, all right. Who is your or wait? You just said uh, Justin Jefferson, right? Yeah. So we're on nine now. If you want to go forward, or I can, it's up to you. Um, well, I'll go forward because he's teammates with Justin Jefferson, and that is Dalvin Cook. Uh, I thought you were going to say Adam Thielen for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, uh, (laughs) uh, I I can't even name the the, the BB. I was trying to come up with the uh, 
wide receiver two. I couldn't even, or the wide receiver three, rather. I couldn't even do it. Um, but yeah, Dalvin Cook, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm uh, an FSU fan, but I still love me some Dalvin Cook. I think he's one of the most electric, fastest players uh, in the league with the ball in his hands. And he's going to benefit from that same offensive consistency that we talked about with Justin Jefferson. Um, he's also coming, uh, he's getting Kevin O'Connell, uh, an offensive-minded head coach that, well, I do think the priorities are going to shift for the Vikings offense, the Vikings offense, which has been historically run first, like tried to be more conservative um, despite their passing output based on what uh, Zimmer prioritized. Mm -hmm. I do think that he's still going to be a featured part of the offense and maybe even used more as a receiver because they don't really have uh, much receiving talent behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So for me, Dalvin Cook is a player that I would take in the first, late in the first round as a very high ceiling running back. I just want to point out something I found very interesting. So that as far as like players on the same team goes, in our top 10, the only players on the same team are the Super Bowl playing Bengals with uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and the Vikings who did not even make the playoffs wow. with just, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Isn't that weird how that works? That is kind of weird, but I think it's because, like, if you think about it, Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins, like, kind of similar I'm, play like I'm not going to say that, oh, Joe yeah, Burrow right. is clutch Kirk Cousins, but they're both, <laughs> like, distributors of the football. They're, they're both not the most mobile guys, and they're both, like, you know, very accurate guys. The difference is that Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow can put the team on his back. You know, and and he gets yeah. vaccinated and things like that. So, um, <laughs> so that's that's why there's generally more hype about him. And obviously, he led his team to the Super Bowl. But from a fantasy offensive production skill set, kind of, it's like that that floor is there of like the the talented pocket passing quarterback. Yeah. Super interesting. Definitely cool. Um, number nine for me, Najee Harris. You spoke about him in great length. I gave you my rebuttal, but ultimately he's going to get a massive workload there for the Steelers. They need him to be productive for the offense as a whole to be productive. He's going to get at least 300 touches combined. I don't know whether it'll be a percentage through the air or ground, but I can't see him getting less than 280 touches on the ground and 50 touches through the air. So uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, he has potential to be a top three running back. Ultimately, if he takes advantage of it, if the Steelers offense is more productive than we believe it is, his ceiling is there based on the workload. He's not like the burner who will break a 60 yard touchdown run, but he's the guy who can stand up to the workload and be that guy that Mike Tomlin wants to give the football on all three downs. So yeah, he, he's earned his spot here in the top 10. Very nice. Uh, who you have at, the final spot to round up these rankings. Mr. Dalvin Cook, who you just said, I honestly kind of forgot about him when I made my first top 10. And then I looked at my overall running back list and I'm like, wait, Dalvin Cook is number seven on my running back list. How is he not in my top 10? Uh, so yeah, he's there at number 10 for me. Everything you just said, when he's healthy, he's the, the game breaker for the Vikings. He can take a game over. He can score your fantasy team 38 points and win you the week. That's something I want for my RB1. And I don't believe that Alexander Madison is going to cut into his workload too much when he's healthy. So, yeah, Dalvin Cook there, uh, one of the last guys who can be that workhorse running back role in the NFL. 
And I have Derrick Henry, uh, who I think wow. arguably could be much higher. And again, this is a tier, so any order you want, McCaffrey, Cook, or Henry, you could have them in. Um, but to me, Henry is the oldest, and he's on an offense that I think is going to take a step back. And um, the, well, we've talked about some of the built-in risks, but the other one is like, say, say Tannehill, who we kind of know isn't it. Like the Titans found out that Tannehill isn't it last season. And that's why they did what they did. And they took the shot on Malik Wills. They traded away uh, AJ Brown so that they could assess the team more realistically, retool, that sort of thing. What if they, early on the season, the Titans lose a few games and they say, all right, let's go to Malik Willis. Well, Malik Willis's talent currently, as he develops as an NFL player, is he is an incredible running quarterback. And Oh, fair. Yeah. so this is, you know, that's just another built-in risk is like, if that happens, which is a reasonable perspective, um, yeah. like you asked me the good question about like, okay, if, if Derrick Henry starts, it's different than with Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Cause if Derrick Henry starts all 16, 17 games, 17 games, that's right. Um, I can't, I can't guarantee that he would be the running back mm. two or running back three. Like, I feel like, McCaffrey, that's definitely a reasonable assumption if he's healthy all the games because of things where I see eating into uh, Henry's opportunity and potential risks and things like that. Still, though, love the player. Wouldn't be surprised if he rushes again for 2,000 yards and however many touchdowns last year. (laughs) Um, Just for me, one that has a lot more uh, risk built into them than some of these other running backs on this list. But still... Um, I think my overall like RB six or RB five, like still very high on my list. That's very fair. Um, yeah. When I was ranking Derrick Henry, I was factoring in his age. I was factoring in the injury risk to some extent, you know, but I don't want to make my list based on if this guy gets injured then, because it, it could be, then it would be 10 wide receivers in my list because they're much less injury prone than running backs. But you're right. I did not necessarily consider the angle that Malik Willis, uh, dominant running quarterback in college uh, will definitely eat into Derrick Henry's workload, even at the goal line. And that's, you know, touchdowns are good points for fantasy six points piece. So I might have to move Derrick Henry below Joe Mixon and Eckler in my rankings after hearing that I might have to consider that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point as well, because like we know how these guys like to think they're smart and get creative. What if, what if uh, Malik Willis doesn't even take over from Dan Hill, but they just start using him in goal line packages. Like we occasionally Mm -hmm. saw the, uh, Niners do with Trey Lance last year. Yeah, very good point. That's a factor I did not consider. Um, but still, love Derrick Henry, and I hope I'm hope I'm wrong because who knows which draft position I'll get and who will fall to me and who I'll take. This is just you know a snapshot of how we're feeling about these players in June. And now, whoosh, mystery question. Okay, <laughs> he talked <targeted laughs> it and he pulled it out. And in a cloud of smoke, I emerged to ask, so in the first round, you're looking for something assured, as you've made the case for time and time again in this discussion of this episode. You're looking for something safe, something that will protect you from the volatility of the wilderness. I mean, fantasy football. Um, (laughs) So who is the bear spray of this offense who <laughs> you, you thought was safe and there to protect you, but ultimately it can burn you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did take a, a 
lung, massive lung full of bear spray to the face in, in, uh, in Georgia. Uh, fun fact, not a pleasant experience. Um, thought I was going to lose a lung, which is unfortunate because I use my lungs for a lot of things among breathing. Um, so, uh, yeah, for me, let's see. I think, I think Cooper cup is the name that stands out Mm. to me as a player. Not that I don't love Cooper cup, but a player that you could take at number two overall, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you could, you could prioritize the bear spray in your pack over, you know, food or something else that could like help get you through the day. Maybe a hoagie, maybe an extra beer or something like that. (laughs) So you're putting that bear spray in there. And next thing you know, Cooper cup, he's another year older. Uh, he pops a cap um, to, uh, on, on the trail. And next thing you know, you're, you're getting a mouthful of that bear spray. So, um, yeah, I would say that uh, there's there's some inherent risk in Cooper Cup that for a player that could be going right after Jonathan Taylor in a lot of drafts. That's a very good answer. Not what I expected at all, but you're right. There's a certain amount of volatility that happens at the wide receiver position specifically because there's a few of them on the field. And if you design a running play, there's typically one, maybe two running backs on the field. So you know who the running back is going to get the ball. Uh, Wide receivers, much more different. It varies year to year uh, drastically compared to running back usage. So yeah, Cooper Cup could be the first wide receiver drafted off the board and he could finish at wide receiver 11. And we wouldn't be shocked, but we would not be happy with that. So. Yeah, he, he's a player who's shown that he has like a a volatile floor in the past. Now, this is a new Rams offense. This is the Matthew Stafford Rams offense, but mm-hmm. there there are still some questions. Uh, personally, I, I, I it's hard to say that. Like like to me, like the obvious answer could be like a Christian McCaffrey, but I don't really view a Christian McCaffrey as as someone super safe. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose like another answer could be Najee Harris if the Steelers are just really, really bad this year. But I yeah. just don't think that's going to happen. I mean, Mike Tomlin has a way of of making things happen. So, All right. Fair answer. I respect it. Do um, you have a similar answer? Um, yeah, you brought up a good point with, with Cooper Cup. Um, you kind of convinced me that that's the right answer. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I He's not in my top 10, but I think it could be Travis Kelsey. Like, I think it just could be the time where he's a blocking tight end and we see him kind of transition his role into like, imagine you're a defensive coordinator, right? You're playing the Kansas city chiefs, take away Travis Kelsey. Who else do they have? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh yeah. Yeah, Who else? Go on. Next Um, one. uh, um, Sky Moore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See what I'm getting at? Like take away (laughs) Travis Kelsey and you take away the chiefs reliability. So I could see him just kind of not being the number. I could see him falling out of the top four. I don't think he's going in the first round. Like last year, Kelsey was a first round pick. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think it will at the one and two turn. Oh, because I guess there's the argument like, Oh, Hill's gone, but um mm-hmm. that to me that hurts kelsey it doesn't help him that's exactly what i'm getting at yeah, yeah. it's now one dimensional you know who the number up oh, there we are again ping okay uh, so here's <laughs> what it is here's what it is actually i, I told you uh it's not my phone it's your uh, computer it's i told you i was having it difficulties and i had to swap out my computers and so it's this this computer 
that is dinging because it's not the normal computer that I use for the podcast. Mm, so it's not channeling all your audio through the headphones. It's channeling it out loud into the mic. Well, yeah, because what if I wanted to like play a fun audio clip on YouTube during the podcast? No, you've that never done I can that. Do that. I do that all the time. That's like a classic no, bit don't. that we do. We, no, watch we, old, do uh, we watch old YouTube videos and kind of we like, have uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000. Then. Never done that. <laughs> uh, well, join us next week because that's, what, that's what's on the agenda. Uh, YouTube review and uh, whatever else we decide to do. Daniel... Uh, at Fantasy Bible Pod, thefantasybible.substack.com. Join us there. Thanks for listening, guys. You've been great. Uh, and girls. And theys. And anyone else. Thank you. Thank you for listening.